Hello, everyone. I'm Kennedy. And I'm Vasilis. We run Changemaker Z, a student-run initiative that aims to empower, educate, and connect Gen Zers interested in entrepreneurship. We interview teenagers with impactful projects and create resources to help you change the world. If they can do it, so can you. On this podcast, we discuss the logistics of creating different types of projects with Gen Zers who have already done it. We will leave our social media and website information in the description. Welcome to today's episode. On this podcast, we have featured YouTubers, influencers, photographers, videographers, public speakers, activists, and musicians. And it's time to talk with, yes, you guessed it right, with a painter. With me in the studio is Marina Tiara. She had one of her exhibitions here in Grenoble, in France. And this is how I met her. In today's episode, we will talk about the journey of a painter, the difficulties of being in the art industry, and in addition to that, Marina will share with us some insights about her latest exhibition, the preparation behind it, the process of painting a gallery collaboration, and so on. Marina, welcome to the show, so nice to meet you. Hello, nice to meet you, Vasily. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to have you on the show. So, let's begin. Yeah. What was your motivation that led you to become a painter? Well, <clears throat> my motivation, uh, I guess I always knew I wanted to, to become a painter, I wanted to become an artist. Uh, since I remember myself, I just, you know, I just wanted to be to be a painter, and there was there was not a moment when I said uh, like I, w- I want to become something else. You know, <clears throat> I, I I I I have kind of this like stupid me- memory when I was a child. I remember I was with my mom and my grandmother in my grandmother's house, and uh, you know, let us let you do my own play, things. Yeah, yeah with, with my sister. And uh, I was always like painting already. That was <laughs> one of my two favorite. Like all the times, I mean. Yeah, painting already. So I come back with. I remember I was very very young, like five. I don't know. I don't know. So I come back with, um, with the sketch of a bird that I've made, and my mom was like, she was trying to tease me, you know. She yeah. Was like, oh come on, why would you stop just you know painting and you know do something else? You know, you're all the time with your markers and stuff. So I got so offended, you know. <laughs> so I, I told Why her. Why you said that to exactly, me? Exactly, and I told her, well, you know, if I if I hadn't been painting all the time, I wouldn't have been able to make such an amazing design. Yeah. And I remember I was impressed by my own, you know, you know, <laughs> This became your motivation, I think. I guess, yeah. And also, like, my mom helped me as well. You know, they they took me to art classes and stuff. And to be honest, they were always very very supportive. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in my family, we have some another artist as well, another painter, and uh, you know, it kind of run. It, I don't know if it runs in the family, but you know, it's not a conventional family where everybody is like a lawyer or a doctor. You know, so it was not weird to have somebody who wants to become an artist, who know? wants to get into the arts in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see. So, what comes to mind when we talk about studies in art, and what really is? So, I mean, people come from different backgrounds. Mm. I guess uh, I took the more traditional one. <laughs> uh, although I already I started studying something else in Greece. I was studying civil engineering, but I was hating. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> while I was uh, I was in this uh, you know in this school, I tried to get into the school of fine arts in Athens twice, 
and I got rejected. <laughs> and um, but I wanted, you know, I really wanted to study art. It was like, and I wanted to leave Greece, of course, because I wanted to leave Greece. I wanted to travel, and uh, so I did an Erasmus, uh, the Canary Islands, mm -hmm. with my with my civil engineering university. Which <laughs> I'm embarrassed, but I know nothing about civil engineering. But all right, and then I won a scholarship. Yeah. So I won a scholarship, I won a competition of UNED, is La Universidad de Distancia of Sp in Spain. In Spain. I was already, I had already like learned Spanish and I went to Spain to study fine arts. So you were well prepared, I guess. I was well prepared about the, the studying part and about, you know, moving <laughs> abroad. And uh, yeah, I just studied fine arts in Seville. <clears throat> and years later, you know, years later, I did my master's in uh, education, in Montessori education, but years later, because I was already, I, I had been involved into teaching and I was interested in those, uh, like, alternative methods. And activities. Teaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And <coughs> years later, I did my master's, but uh, my, like, my studies about, with art uh, was fine arts, you know, the University of Seville. And of course, you know, some, some things I learned as well by, like, doing my... You know, my internship, I was like kind of a slave, <laughs> an older painter, and I, was just, I learned all the hacks, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what an internship is, you, yeah, you get yeah. experience from that. Yeah, but there are things that you don't learn at school. And, of course, uh, it's just yeah. theory, theory, I don't know, it's just theory at school? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it depends on the school as well, but Seville is quite classic, mm -hmm. you know. And which is France good. as well. Yeah. I, I'm in engineering. Yeah. Uh, everything is theory, yeah. but they require you to do, you know, some type of internships during your uni years, mm -hmm. because like they do understand that things that you learn at school, it's not at all what you ask to do yeah. in real life. Mm. I, I, yeah, of course. But for me, mine was not uh, obligatory. Mm -hmm. I kind of. But it was what you it. wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, have the teacher who knew this guy, this uh, old artist, and can recommend to me, and I learned how to actually make my canvases. I was making them for him, you know. Yeah. So, but it's useful knowledge. Uh, it, of course, for a painter, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I always was curious. How do you manage to book collaborations with art galleries? <laughs> this is a very nice question. I love it. Because, uh, Maybe the most difficult one. <laughs> it's the most difficult one, and it's what everybody wants to know. Apart, there's also another question that everybody wants to know: How do you make money? It's like the first question. Like, well, like, it's the next one. The <laughs> next one. <laughs> well, <laughs> with galleries, not only. Actually, <clears throat> it really depends on many factors. You know, mm -hmm. in um, like in Spain, it was a bit easier for me. Uh, I mean, a bit easier because since I studied there, I had. Uh, like, first of all, my first exhibitions were not in galleries, you know? Yeah. Uh, because me, I went with all of my ego <laughs> of a 20-year-old. <laughs> I went with my ego and my and my shitty portfolio <laughs> to some galleries in Spain. And I was like, hi, I just want to have an exhibition. And everybody was like looking at me like if I was like an alien or something. Of course, nobody wanted me to exhibit there. Because I had no portfolio, of course. And uh, so I started exhibiting in, uh, my first exhibition was in a bar and uh, in, in Spain, in mm. Seville. 
and actually I made a big collaboration there. Uh, I have a painting that is in the European Union because I met a guy who, who asked me to paint something for him and he works in the committee of the region, you know. Okay. But the thing is like then, you know, you start doing exhibitions and uh, my first gallery, a, a teacher, a professor of mine recommended me to the gallerist and I had an exhibition there. And uh, I mean, there are different ways because sometimes you just... You know, you want you win competitions, open calls, which to be honest has never happened to me. <laughs> I've never won anything <laughs> uh, like an open call or something. Apart from this maybe course. it's because because there are similar competitions to any category, mm. but all the all these competitions have some application fees. Yes, some some so, are for free, but there are some. I think the majority. ones for, which are for free, it's. Totally difficult to win them, mm. and the ones that they are paid, the mm. more you paid, it's more possible that you get the award. Yeah, but also like you know, it's like there's a lot of competition. You know, we are many artists that you know we want to in be every in by every aspect. Yeah. You know? So, and I don't know. Sometimes it's luck. So maybe what I was doing when I was applying, it was it was not uh, you know it was not uh, contemporary enough. I don't know, but I never won a competition. Uh, I just want the residence in Spain. Yeah. But to be honest, then I had, you know, I was meeting people and I had one in one gallery and then I had a friend who knew. Actually, I have a friend who his, her godfather is, um, he's the, he's the, oh, the ex-husband of Donna Summer. Okay. <laughs> so in Germany. So he was, he's a painter. So I had a, an exhibition in the gallery there, you know, in Munich. And then this is how it started. But <clears throat> to be honest, I, I've, I've been exhibited in many places, uh, in galleries, but in, also in other places, yeah. like uh, cooperatives, uh, restaurants, like uh, private shows, um, in uh, the municipality. So it's not only the gallery, but the gallery gives you prestige. It can guarantee some sales, of course, but also um, if you shouldn't be, as an artist, in my opinion, you shouldn't be limited to just exhibit in galleries because you would never exhibit, you know, yeah. you should just exhibit whatever and try to you know, make the world see your art, this mm -hmm. is what I think. But uh, it's difficult without the gallery to... It's difficult <coughs> without the gallery, but it's not possible to of promote course. yourself yeah. nowadays. It's difficult if you don't have sales skills, I guess, you know. And also if you don't know many people and if you are an introvert, you know. Mm. It's not my case. I'm not an introvert, but... <laughs> I, I, I can confirm that. <laughs> but, uh, <coughs> yeah. Mm. I see. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it wasn't an obstacle for you, the fact that, okay, you didn't have a portfolio, but then you met the right people at the right time, mm. and yeah. they helped you to, mm. to follow yeah. your dream uh, I mean, I, I, more I, easily than others. Yeah, but also, you know, I just, you know, I did a shitload of work. Of I course, mean, <laughs> yeah. You, you did mean, the art part, <laughs> but not, you know, the sales but, and but, all the connections <laughs> part. Yeah. Then, you know, you, it's, it, it, there, there is no, unfortunately, there is no recipe, you know. Some people just exhibit in bars and stuff and one day they have a good gallery. Some people never exhibit in galleries and, and they, just um, keep, and keep on yeah. living and keep on sale, selling and, you know, some people want to win a, an award and then they, boom, they just exhibit in museums and some people exhibit in museums and they want an award. It's crazy. It's, there's no recipe, you know, and this is, this is like so stressful when you're younger and, uh, <laughs> But if you and not think about, as mature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even now it's stressful, you know. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what am I going to do with my life, you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you burn out, literally. 
Okay, so let's go to the classic question. Can a painter maintain himself or herself, yeah. you know, only from these art activities? I mean... Maybe this is only a stereotype, you know. I don't know why this stereotype exists, mm. but I think that this is the same for all the arts. Yeah. Maybe for a dancer, maybe for a videographer, but nowadays this has changed due to the YouTube era. Mm. Uh, but I think that this stereotype exists that a painter cannot maintain yeah. himself. Yeah. So what you can say about it, that? It's like, first of all, it's people, I mean, it, let's say in Spain, I was never asked this question, how do you make money? Because when you're surrounded by artists, yeah. any kind of artists, like I was surrounded by dancers, I have very good friends who are flamenco dancers, mm. musicians, you know, like performers or even visual artists like me. Um, they never ask you how do you make money, you know, I got, and I was kind of in a bubble and I was, I, I started get asked, being asked this question here in, in Grenoble because, you know, all of my acquaintances are engineers, you know, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and people who are not in this sector, in the art sector, <clears throat> so the first thing that I ask is like, is this your real job, how do you make money? <laughs> and in the beginning I was offended, I was like, of course it's my real job, you know, but the thing is like, First of all, we need to, in my opinion, we need to separate, uh, mm. we need to not, not monetize art, you know, we need to separate making money that is this your real job. And I always say, mm. let's take a, take a person, child, who is like a, an apple baby, you know, he has like, he comes from a big family. You know? Okay. It's not my case, me, I think all the boxes, like, you know, middle class family, that's father, you know, <laughs> I think all, all the sad boxes, but, okay. <laughs> but it's not my case. But a person who has a lot of money and uh, he just decides, the or she, to become an artist, you know? Mm -hmm. So he just starts exhibiting and making like exhibitions or performances and stuff. And of course, the money that he makes is not enough for him to live from it. But everybody assumes, oh, you know, you know, you know, Pierre, you know, he's an artist. And nobody asks him, how do you make money? Because he keeps on, he, he keeps on making art, but, you know, he doesn't have to think about, you know, his income. Yeah. But everybody assumes he's an artist because, you know, he's an artist, he makes art. And then let's take Maria, that Maria comes from a middle-class family and she has to work as a waitress while okay. she makes her art and uh, to compensate. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly everybody asks her, what's your job? Is like, I'm an artist. Oh, okay, but it's not your main occupation. You're also a waitress, you know, yeah. or you are also a teacher or you're also, because, she has to support her art with this, you know. So, yes, it's our main job. Yes, it's the only, because we can't do anything else. It's not something that we choose. If you want to become an, if you are an artist, you are an artist. You have to make. You art. live for that. Yeah, exactly. But money, if I make money, yes, no. It you know, depends. It, it depends. Me, it have been years in Spain that I was just living by my art, which means I was just selling or from my art. Sorry, I was just selling paintings. And um, I also had, I was doing some merchandising with my art, mm. right? And I was doing some like, punctual workshops. And there have been years that I was like, teaching as well, like part-time. Okay. And I, I kept on going with my, with my art thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I, all, I was always an artist. It's like the same, like you make, make paintings. Uh, you make a painting in 2011, I made a painting in 2012, and I sold it last year. Was I an artist then or now? It's when the money comes that you're an artist, you know? So this is a, this is a very big question, but uh, me, I mean, 
yes, my principal activity is the art activity, of course, but when I arrived in France, and I was not speaking the language, in confinement, we had a big problem. <laughs> Artists, you know, we couldn't exhibit it, we couldn't, I didn't even have a gallery, you know. Yeah. Two years to find a new gallery, because of all this. Of course, I mean, I, I went back to teaching, and, but I kept painting, I kept mm -hmm. creating, you know, and now, I mean, you know, it's, it's great, but it's never, I mean, unless you have a, shitload of money unless you have financial backup mm, you never know you know if you have one that's yeah. good for you if not yeah. you have to work hard yeah. and every every yeah. start is a tough one i think yeah. it's the same thing when you start a company you mm -hmm. have to invest money yeah, on this exactly. you have to invest time on this you know if this will work out yeah. in the end but if it works out that's great that's perfect mm -hmm. if it's not mm. either you find a solution you're, you're trying to you know to live from what you want, from any you know, scenario. Yeah. And I think that what you're explaining to us right now, it's, it's not only the case for painters, but it's also like for you know, the latest musicians or singers. Mm -hmm. There are many people with many talents, but since there are so many talents, they cannot, you know, just sign from the whole mass of people. And so they start making content online. Mm -hmm. And, but even this is not enough at all, mm. so like they need to work as, you know, as a waitress, as you said, mm. or whatever. Mm. But also, <clears throat> the, thing, the only difference with uh, like visual artists like painters or sculptures is that like if you're a musician, <clears throat> you can make, uh, you can perform in different places and you can just, let's say, make some money to get through the day. I don't, I'm not saying that this is what you want, you know, but at least it's something more tangible, you know. Mm -hmm. When you have a nice concert, everybody pays 10 euros and stuff, 10 euros and that's, that's it, you know. Yeah. With us, it's like not everybody can pay 3,000 <laughs> euros for a painting, you know. Yeah. And sometimes you need a lot of money investment, you know, like to just paint a painting, you know. Of course. If, if the painting is big, you start with like, 300 euros just the canvas just the color so this money if you don't have them what are you going to do so then you will have to like start painting things more more commercial thing just to sell which is not my my cup of tea let's yeah. say and and then you're frustrated and then you're frustrated and then you have anxiety and then you are like all the tormented artists and, and maybe disappointed for no reason exactly so if i Sometimes you just need some money to invest, and if this money doesn't come from your family, <laughs> you just have to do something else. Maybe teach art, you know, maybe, yeah. many artists do that. Maybe me in Greece I was working a little bit at the theater as well, as a stage designer, you know, or even in Spain I did some collaborations like that. So, or I, that's why I started teaching also, and then I got involved. You get involved with that. education, you know, but, uh, but, you know, but I think, People should not get discouraged because, but it's very easy to get discouraged. You know, especially we work a lot at home alone in the studio, so it's not like you're sharing a lot with many other artists. It's not like you go to a jam session or something. We just say work, work alone, work alone, work, work alone. Sorry. And uh, sometimes it's you know it's frustrating and sad if things don't progress. You know. Yeah, mm. I see. Yeah. Let's move on to some of your most recent exhibitions here at Grenoble. Which was the subject and inspiration behind it? Mm -hmm. So, the one that I visited, my exhibition, uh, was called, uh, is called, sorry, it's still on, <laughs> Madonnas. And um, actually the, the inspiration are 
women <laughs> that I've met uh, like during my, my whole life, but also the past two years. Okay. You know, after uh, COVID and so on, and um, it was uh, it was the the idea of uh, like representing the mother with a child, and also having a look at motherhood uh, from a different perspective. Hmm. And I think it was something that I had it inside. Uh, I'm not a mother and I don't want to become one. Okay. My toys. Of course. <laughs> Motherhood is Everyone's free to yeah. decide what you want to do at this point. But uh, I, I really wanted to explore this idea. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and with femininity and with feminism, of course, and with sisterhood. And I got really, really, and I'm getting really inspired by, yeah. by different women. And uh, I know it sounds like a cliche. It's not cliche. <laughs> I think that's the best moment to present things like mm. that with mm. the world. And but yeah, if it's you know, as a person, I don't like when you know we are surrounded only from, from this idea mm. because at the same time, maybe another someone would say, okay, what about why you think that? Okay, maybe we will pass to exactly the thing. Other limit of life that you know, women are considered best mm -hmm. from the men. So we need to, to be balanced. Mm -hmm. But I think that we are balanced in this period of time. Are we? For, for me, we are. <laughs> from what I'm seeing on the internet and what we're producing here at the podcast, mm -hmm. I think that there is this equality for, you know, which is, you no, know, there isn't the best gender. But I don't know for I don't know for possibilities or you know for uh, I don't know. I, I think we don't even uh, I mean we need 300 years of, uh, <laughs> distance to even have equity women and yeah. men. So I don't even want to talk about equality. But, uh, <laughs> but at least I think nowadays uh, more opinions and voices can be heard. That's the idea. Yeah. What we're doing here right now. Yeah, exactly. But also we are going very backwards in different, uh, in other different uh, sectors, like what I mean, what happened now at the States about abortion and all those things, yeah. you know, that no rights are granted uh, about women. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think, I mean, I was always very vocal about it, uh, about... But now there are actions. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think everybody should do whatever she can, but uh, especially like after after what and uh, what happened to me like three years ago uh, that uh, I I suffered an aggression huh. and uh, I almost died and uh, sorry for that uh, it's okay I mean and it was uh, I mean it was an, an aggression for my ex partner and uh, so mm, things really changed for me you know I was always very vocal about, uh, about you know manifesting and supporting women's rights and you know but especially when you survive something like that uh, you're like uh, you know n no shits are taken anymore <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah so that's why i chose to do this exhibition you know to, because i wanted something to you know it was kind of a statement you know it's a statement and it's a, a strong uh, you know subject mm -hmm. and everyone you know i think that everyone would appreciate uh, to maybe to read an article for feminism, for sisterhood, or even to see visual art mm -hmm. like the one that you created. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. 
you have traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. You studied in Spain, you come from Greece, you love to visit Brussels, I think. Mm -hmm. So why you have chosen Grenoble to build <laughs> your life? <laughs> I know. I, I'm gonna tell this. I'm gonna tell you why I chose Grenoble. I chose Grenoble because of a man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is how my my feminist myth is going to get blown up. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Why I chose Grenoble? Okay, so I wanted to move out of Spain uh, because my I felt that my circle was closed there, yeah. and uh, professionally and personally, of course. Professionally, because I was living in the south in Seville, and I was kind of tired of you know. I, although I was exhibiting, you know, abroad all the time, yeah, yeah. and uh, I traveled for, for the art, for my art. But I wanted to to leave the south of Spain, and. Um, I was, uh, and so also I was getting a divorce because I was married to, mm. you know, to this guy. And uh, so everything happened just, I wanted to go to Brussels actually because my, you know, I have friends there and my best friend lives there and I didn't have, I wouldn't have to learn French. <laughs> and they speak great English there. They speak great English, so I wouldn't have to learn another language. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like uh, I made my plans, but uh, it was not what happened. Because when I was getting my divorce, uh, I suffered this aggression. From yeah, my of course. So my life was at risk. And uh, I met Aurelian, which is my, he is my partner now in life. So it was the confinement and it was everything crazy and, uh, we, you know, I, I, I couldn't be alone and I didn't want to stay in Spain. And, you need uh, people to support yeah, you and, and uh, I you Exactly. So I just, you know, we just drove pure confinement from <laughs> after we were confined together, then four months. We have been in one date and then yeah. we got confined together. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we drove uh, five months. This sounds like a movie, but it's yeah, great. It's, it's great to exactly. see example in real life, I think. <laughs> so in my whole life, it's like a movie. Not that it was a good one, <laughs> you know. <laughs> now it's a good one, I think. Now it's a good one, yeah. So I just came here just to try, you know. <clears throat> and you stayed. And I stayed after I moved my whole studio and stuff during the second confinement. And then during the third confinement mm. of my studio here and stuff, so I stayed. So and now I learn French, so it's good. <laughs> Is it easy to integrate to the French culture and lifestyle? Uh, yeah, I mean for me it was, it's not a problem. I think you have already stayed abroad, so yeah. you already know. Yeah, and also like you know, French people, I don't know. I find many, I mean, of course, we are different in many ways, but also I found many similarities, you know. The food mm. is good, well, you know. Of course. Uh, the wine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it is, it is a part of what we were discussing before, that uh, Grenoble is nice, but for my taste, it's lacking some underground contemporary art uh, scene. Yes, because Grenoble is a city that's mm -hmm. literally based on sciences. Yeah. It was the first city in France that started computer science exactly. program yeah. and I think that ours are missing from that city. You know like there's a lot of, uh, um, because I have a friend who is a violinist, so there's uh -huh. a lot going on about classical music here as well, but contemporary painting, not that much. But you know, I mean you can just have a base and travel around, so it doesn't mean that you can stay here forever. Yeah. But uh, that's why I ended up here, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <It's just. laughs> that's great. <clears throat> How do you self-promote your work and exhibitions? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, during COVID, uh, there was a lot of uh, fuzz and a lot of... Uh, people put a lot of weight on uh, social media. 
yeah on online shops and stuff and uh, to be honest i was I, I i i fell into the trap as well you know because we have nothing else to do you know it's like uh, you just get bombarded by you need to have oh my god you need you need you need you need and i had before but all of a sudden it became like insane you know so that was very stressful and but before that uh you know it's just like the traditional way you just you just send emails, you just make flyers, you just invite people that know somebody but, and, and you know, comes, and well. you know, and then you just, uh, you know, you just, you can, you can, you can promote yourself without social media. Nowadays, it's very difficult, but uh, I realized that we shouldn't put uh, our entire like efforts on social media uh-huh. because it doesn't work. You know, and yeah, your work—it's like it's physical work. Yeah, it exists, so exactly. someone you know, yeah. has to be more personal connection mm-hmm. with you. And uh, and the art, exactly. Yeah, and you know, like also, I know it sounds a bit. Um, how can I say that? Uh, I, I sound like a day, daydreamer or something, but okay. it's you know we should have faith and trust on people. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and uh, you ask uh, you you know a friend brings a friend, and then. You know, you just, we, we should continue having human connections, you know. Having said that, if you check my Instagram, I make five stories per day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, you know. But this is the goal. Yeah. To, yeah, to yeah. have uh, real human connections and yeah, interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would so, you consider, like, you said before that you, you did some workshops mm-hmm. and, you know, you tried to merchandise and commercialize a little bit your art. But you would you would you consider yourself to become an entrepreneur and part of your art, part of your painters to create, you know, a collection of hoodies or stuff like that mm-hmm. and sell them online? I've I've done it in the past. Okay. And uh, I had a company. Uh, it was called Gatakia. It's a Greek <laughs> word for kittens. <laughs> Not very commercial. <laughs> And we were doing badges and uh, and uh, magnets, and we were also doing fine art prints and stuff. Mm-hmm. We had some had an online shop, and blah, 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 on Etsy and stuff. And then we had the um, we were some we had some sailing point points in in Spain. Yeah, and uh, it went well. It just it needs a lot of management, and uh, somehow what happened to me is you get a bit lost. Because it's, you know, it's merchandising, so you need to sell a lot, you know, to make money out of this. And all, and you need to, at the end, you need to have somebody who knows how to... How this how works. To do, how to promote How you. to do yeah. it, how to make it, yeah. and make it works. Yeah, and if, now that I can choose, I'd rather put my effort to finding somebody who can promote, like, my paintings or, you know, my workshops than just the merchandising, you okay, know? Okay, yeah. And for me, I mean, I think it, I could have, you know, kept going, but for me it was not that thrilling. It mm-hmm. was not that, uh, you know. So, but, you know, I tried, I did it, and it was all right, you know. I mean, you should try things, but... Uh, and it was very time-consuming, <laughs> you know. So, I see. Mm. Are there any upcoming events? Yes. <laughs> Let's listen Hopefully, to them. I can say yes. Which, if you have asked me last year, I was uh, I was on my, on my bathroom floor crying in a fetal position and saying, <laughs> "What am I gonna do with my life? No shows booked because this is the life of an artist. Or you have no shows booked, or, or you have three shows in one year. <laughs> You're like, oh. 
you know. Yeah. But uh, and I think that it's very common, you know. Yeah. So yes, I have. Um, Actually, I have my exhibition now in you know in Grenoble until the end of March, and I started collaborating with a, with a with a very nice gallery in Cyprus. Uh, it's called Psifida, and um, there is a collective show in March uh, with six of my paintings mm -hmm. in Sipafos in the center of the center. And then in September, I have a solo show in this gallery, Ooh. and uh, it's. So it's gonna be the Madonna series. It's, I'm gonna close this series in, in, in this gallery, and um, and then in November I have a, another show. In uh, I just booked another collaboration with um, with, uh, with another gallery. But uh, it's actually a project. Uh, the, these collectionists they have been collecting um, paintings of old expressionists, unknown, you know, mm. and uh, they want to exhibit them and create a dialogue with a contemporary artist. And uh, so this is going to be with me. So it's going to be so interesting. Yeah, based on that, and actually he sold some paintings uh, the gallery now that I went to Belgium, and uh, we booked the date for the third of November for the opening. But it's going to be completely different because it's going to be like what happened now in Pompidou with uh, mm -hmm. Mitchell and uh, Monet. It's a dialogue between me that I'm contemporary artist and you know the old expressionists. You know. So I'm very excited. This is uh, this are for those two shows. Your dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every single day, every single year. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, when I was a child or a teenager, I was always uh, dreaming of uh, becoming an artist and having an exhibition in Paris. And I had very good exhibitions in very good galleries and very good places. But not but at Paris, at least for I, now. I had wait. I had like all those years. <laughs> in very big, nice places, you know, that the shows were amazing and stuff. And last year, yeah. I had an exhibition in Paris. Oh my gosh. And it was, the place was a very small, dark place, like, like cooperative slash uh -huh. bar. It was nothing, you know, fancy or, you know, my paintings, you could see them, but it was nothing like a big gallery and stuff. Yeah. So I just, for during the opening, for me, I got so emotional because it was my childhood dream you mm -hmm. know, to have an exhibition in Paris and no matter what other exhibitions I've done before like in big <laughs> galleries me being there with a glass you know of, of champagne or wine and seeing my paintings in Paris it was like this was my dream come true you know because when, when, I, when, I, went to, when I went to Spain to become an artist I was like yeah I'm, I'm doing it. This is my goal. Yeah, this is I'm, what I want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, And it was kind of, you know, I, it was very important because I was faithful to myself, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, but the exhibition in Paris, even though it was one of the smallest that I had, you know. You, 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 it you was know, the like most a, important for you. It was you. very important for me because it was like this little girl of, you know, 14 years old. <laughs> she finally saw her, you know, I'm having an exhibition in Paris. I'm an artist. Here's the Eiffel Tower. Cheers to that. <laughs> That's the proof, period. <laughs> yeah. So last question. Yeah. If you could live anywhere in the world oh. and not Grenoble, yeah. <laughs> where would it be and why? Mm. Okay. I'm going to fall into the trap telling you a place that I've been and I don't know. But I've never actually have lived there. So I think uh, I would choose Budapest. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been there twice and uh, I stayed like almost a month both times and uh, I had this massive vibe from this city, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe I was too young, maybe I was, it was just the moment, I don't know, but I had this, you know, this, I have this 
thought that I want to go back and live there, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it would be Budapest. But, uh, and it's crazy because when I moved to Seville, I had yeah. dreamt of Seville in my dreams, but without never actually, you know, visualize yourself. Yeah. And it was like, I want to go to Seville. And I just moved to Seville, and at the end, I was planning on staying two years, and I stayed for nine, <laughs> you know. So sometimes you, you should listen to your gut, you know. So maybe yeah. I, I should just, you know, move to Budapest for a short period of time, maybe, just mm-hmm. to experience, especially since. In our work, we can, you know, have a studio and work from wherever we want. Mm-hmm. But now I'm telling you Budapest. Also Berlin, but I've never been. So I, I think I've, I've kind of idealized Berlin in my head, you know, because it's a contemporary city, you know. It's, it is. Yeah, but I've never been. So. Ma- many things happen to yeah. Berlin, actually. I don't know, but if you have seen a Netflix uh, short movie, it's called The billion dollar code I've never watched it and actually the idea is that the Google Earth or the Google Maps that we're using today yeah. you paint it out and you see you know, the stars and the globe and the idea is that you can travel the whole world through the maps and the satellite images it was started as a hard contemporary project with a visual artists and a programmer and they were from Berlin they had a company in Berlin, they won bands, hundreds of uh, you know, awards for, for art and for telecommunications, uh, the billion dollar code. And, and then they found out that Google took the code, or at least they copied the idea of it, and they commercialized it. So they were in court in 2018. This happened at the starting yeah. in 1985. It's 30 years ago. It's a lot. And they, they lost the court. Uh, but I think that people learned that exists something similar to what we know today, Google Earth. Uh, that period of time, was, it was called TerraVision. Television in English, television in German. But I think that this is a real example of contemporary art in the name. Very welcome. So I think that we have reached the end of this episode. We had such a great conversation with Marina about another aspect of art, which is painting. I would like to thank Marina for being with me here today. It was so inspiring to talk to you today. Guys, don't forget to check out the Change Maker Z app available on the App Store and Play Store. With the latest version of the app, you can explore the latest articles from Thread.com, inspiring quotes, similar podcasts and content, and of course, the latest episodes from our podcast. Don't miss it. Until next time, do not forget to change the world. Bye! you guys for listening we hope you enjoyed the conversation we had such a great time make sure to leave us a review if you want more changemakers content you can follow us on instagram at gen zers to rise and on facebook at changemaker z